Hello all, welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for the third episode of Interview with the Vampire. Is my very nature that of a devil? Written by Roland Jones and Hannah Moscovich. Directed by Keith Powell. I enjoyed this episode very much. I gave it a 9.7 out of 10. The acting and the writing continues to be phenomenal. I think this is already 10 times better than the original adaptation. I know there are differences and changes and some things people are not keen to, but I think people generally tend to miss the concept of adaptation. (laughs) I understand very fully being attached to the source material, but I think that it is even more impressive to take something people love and modernize it, recontextualize it in ways that still feel very true to the source material, but simply layered. And I think that everything that they are changing pretty much has the blessing of the Rice Foundation, if you want to say, legacy estate. And that tells me that this is sanctioned. And so anyone else complains outside of that, yeah, you can feel one way or the other, but in no way are they not doing a lot of credit and justice to the original author and the original source material. Additionally, the writing and the acting, uh, I think I've already said it, but it's just profound to me because I feel like these people are very relatable in their triumphs and even in their flaws and just the way in which Louis and Lestat explore their relationship through time and how we get to see a little bit of a lens in this episode where Louis doesn't necessarily wear the white hat. There's a line that comes up several times. I'm not the victim. I think there's something to that more so than just denial. And we will get into into my thoughts on that once we jump into the recap. But before we do, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, do me a favor, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. And if you want to send feedback for Interview with the Vampire or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. We begin with Louis and Lestat musing over the history of, I'm sorry, I did not write down the square name, but it is where the Louisiana purchase occurred. Louis points out for all the enormity or the historical enormity of the place, the things that occurred there are always left out of the history books, such as how runaway slaves had their heads chopped off and put on pikes as a warning. I chuckled when he says, I'm only halfway through, so we'll see if they actually bring that up. Louis wonders if there is a bigger reason creatures like themselves walk the earth. However, despite Louis's desire for blood, he thinks maybe they should be targeting 
or hunting people who may deserve it. Because if we are, uh, if we evolve from them being humans and humans evolve for apes, maybe we should try to emulate a more less base type of creature that is so full of the violence that comes with that. But Lestat doesn't believe the hunt should be so easily attained. That's part of the fun. He says that he made him, he makes a clear point of pointing that out several times. He gave him this gift so that he can enjoy himself in all the hedonistic and destructive forms that it has to offer. Hunting is pure instinct. Reason is a set of leg irons. Relax. I don't think I've talked about the outfitting, the, the, what do you call that? Wardrobe in the show, but it is also chef's kiss. Every time I see both men, they look very dapper <laughs> and they very much feel on this park bench, like an old married couple, but they have not even scratched the surface of what and how their relationship can evolve through time if you're hearing any wind in the background i don't think you can but i can it's so freaking loud it is ridiculously cold and windy in ohio right now because it sucks so bad just know that's my life he gives lestat or he gets lestat to give it a try Let's go out in the streets. Let's hunt. Let's listen to their thoughts and see who's the ones that deserve to be murdered. He attempts to play or wants to play the self-righteous killer. It backfires, of course, because when he points out the man who breaks into other men's houses, he thinks people are stupid, tells Lestat, come on, just do it for me. So he's like, fine. And he uh, yanked that man up real quick. But instead of killing him, as this was supposed to be about, Louis picks up a cat and consumes it. That was minding its own business. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. They go to the Azela. Or the Azele. Did they rename that? I could have sworn it was something else last episode. And they changed it from the name it was before. Maybe it was Azalea. And I was, uh, that has, uh, it's been like a week since I last watched this series. So I could have just forgotten. But they're back at his club. He's not pleased that his pupil is reluctant to participate in consuming the blood of humans, even when his criminal biscuit is exactly what he claimed to have wanted. He broke that man's spine, though. It's like, don't worry about the wriggling. I just broke his spine. <laughs> then he just opened up his vein like, uh, here's the gushing waterfall. Here's what you wanted, don't you? He can't stand the fact that he is still stuck on the optimism of having or being attached to his human life. And he's mourning it pretty hard. Louis has become even more affluential 
His place is now famous all over the world. They have a new singer. Her name is Mrs. Brown. Lestat certainly has eyes for her. Despite his roaming eyeballs, he is pondering their earlier encounter. And Louis just comes out and states it. I just do not want to kill people. The there, I said it, comes back around in this episode. (laughs) And I quite enjoyed how it did. A fish who cannot swim, a bird who cannot fly, Lestat scoffs at his morality versus what his nature is now, which is that of a vampire. But he says, fine, I fear for the feline population. (laughs) He then takes his irateness out on the piano player called Jelly, saying that his skills are lackluster. He tries to get him from going up and playing, saying this is not your kind of music. And he says, if you're allowed to be a vegan, I can play the fool. Something to that effect. And despite his initial booze due to his very slow, artistical, classical, musical background, he starts playing music. I was laughing at people that were like, come on now. (laughs) The comments in the back, it's almost like that. Oh, I watched the pilot once again for this series. It hands down has to be in my top five pilots of all time because it is such a good pilot. And then you rewatch it every time you laugh a little bit more. Every time it's like, that's what the heat does for you. Uh, just really probably again hands down some of the best writing I've I've, uh, seen in quite a while but also (laughs) um the the people's like I know that's right or someone's like I heard that and that's what I'm talking about had me dying it turns out he he uh, actually cultivated Wolverine blues. I don't listen to blues. Sorry. So I don't know this song, but, but Daniel is certainly taken aback at the fact that Lestat actually made that. Even though he says, maybe I'm misrecalling, which is something that is brought up later on as the episode unfolds about our memory and the recollection of things. But it turns out that he had picked a fight with this particular performer because he knew about his back deal with someone else and that he planned to up and leave Louis for a better offer and took umbrage at it. But there's something to be said for the fact that despite Louis and Lestat's close relationship, they're still able to surprise each other. And I think Louis, in a way, he kind of adores the fact that Lestat is very much someone who is able to surprise him with the little things that he does. Because it is very sweet that he clearly learned how to do this, as he says, by watching Jelly. And this is the music that he loves. So he would learn to play it, even though it's not what Lestat or Louis would 
prefer kind of like you go to the opera and maybe you're not into it like I'm into it but I'm doing it because I love you and that's kind of how I took the whole piano playing but it also is his way of I think not pushing this idea that he's correct but thinking okay I'm gonna let him come to his own conclusions even though I think halfway through he was just quietly seething (laughs) and his seething during this second half of the episode I think is going to implode at some point particularly after after the end with Louis pretty much giving him a heads up about the fact that they are not going to be together for the ten thousands of years that or hundred thousands of years that Lestat thinks they are and that is a huge thing to put on him particularly after he told you basically what his greatest fear was but like everybody in an argument when you really don't want to they really want to hurt the other person they throw that shit right in their face Daniel is a little surprised as stated earlier by the revelation but more so about the difference between the portrayals of Lestat from the first interview to now as he plays back some of his commentary he says the nuanced details are pretty changed because you went from you know after I met him he's the only person I could think about he was like a warm embrace but in these tapes you're like Lestat was a frail stupid man made of dried twigs with a carping voice why am I still getting hate He also considered himself cheated to have him as a teacher. Daniel wants to know why these things have gone from that to this abused abuser psychological relationship he and Lestat had where Louis doesn't consider himself a victim or abused, which is a sign of in Daniel's mind, possibly what how he figures if you're too close to it, you can't see that you are the abused however you did the opposite of that you just completely acted like this was a stranger to you either you're still in love with this guy (laughs) because you're telling the story of this gothic romance about your soulmate or or something else what's the truth He also said Kim Burns can choke on the footnotes, which made me chuckle pretty, pretty hard. I like the meta commentary here of how this scene plays out with Louis quoting from Daniel's book about how an odyssey of recollection may be filled with details a little skewed as he says that he recalled this car trip or so on and so forth. But his wife told him, you never even had that fucking car. What are you talking about? So basically, we are all unreliable narrators of our own autobiographies. That's not a word. (laughs) Autobiographies is what I meant to say. And when you are, though, I don't think you intend to lie. It's just that your memory is simply not as perfectly recalled as you would want. So you 
you go off of either things that you feel are implied or you're misremembering things, but certainly doesn't take away from the fact that it is, as Daniel calls it, uh, an odyssey of recollection. And he says, basically, this is my truth as it is known to me. Yes, there are those past discrepancies, but I need you to discard that because what I am saying now is what I want to be known as I go through my memories and digest my own story. He takes the tapes and tosses them in a bin. He goes, now who is performing? Because he's like, I know that shit's on your computer. So he deletes the files of the previous recordings, clean slate, and Louis shows he can light shit on fire with his mind. The vampire powers have certainly gotten an upgrade. Lestat in the past is pursuing his relationship with Miss Brown as he fills in for Jelly for three weeks, both frolicking at night and making new songs during the day as Louis tries to go vegan, but it makes him weak and his libido low. But he allows Lestat his indulgence as he kills without him because he's respectful of his choice. <coughs> Bullshit. You're a fucking choir boy compared to me. A choir boy. I still contend this is a calculated move by Lestat, but not a terribly calculated move. Like you're angry, you're upset, you're fighting against your nature. Me continuing to reinforce is not going to change your mind. So this is something you may need to learn on your own or come to your own conclusion about and I'll be here when you're ready but I think that he is honest when he says later on because he left said I gotta get something to eat (laughs) but it's surprised when he comes back and someone's roasting and it's not Miss Brown who is not allowed to fuck in a bedroom by the way but he is surprised that she isn't dead in the furnace why are you mad he asks, am i not enough lestat responds by laughing in his face very loudly because it's a ridiculous thought to him because we are going to be together forever and these things i do with miss brown i know it's upsetting for you but no as he even told miss brown everything i do is for louis he still isn't happy louis that is so he says well If you like variety, then I can find what I like as well. Well, actually, first, Lestat throws his words back in his face, which is, I like to hunt and have variety. You like to be vegan and read books by the fire. This is our truths, right? There, I said it. These nuts. (laughs) Got him. <laughs> so he taunts him back being like i'm not going to be the only person jealous in this relationship and he says well fine if you could take a lover then i can take a lover too and he's like of course liar liar whore liar whore and you know it 
as long as you come home to me when he said of course and he said it three times i was so scared this whole entire episode that someone was gonna get murdered because <laughs> let's not i'm like come on you know your man's temper you know your man's temper do you really want to pl- press that button but he does he really does i think it would be very easy because there are in the show definitely wants you to pay attention to the social economical differences dichotomy in the relationship is actually brought up in the show quite a bit but i do think that they want or not want that in some ways it could be easy in a modern viewpoint with all of the the differences between them with all of the the unequal footing both are on to really paint Lestat as the the villain and it's not to say he is not villainous in in some ways you know he certainly I think has all of the hallmarks of a classical abuser certainly but kind of like in this other show that I'm watching called Barry it's sad to say that there are some people that are attractive to that type of life (laughs) or that type of relationship and it could be very easily tempting to put louis in this or put him on a pedestal so to speak but in this scene what i see is louis kind of raising the bar in the channel i think he even says it in the episode too or maybe that was an interview I was watching um, where the actor, I think it was Jacob, was was making a commentary on that. Like, you know, Louis ain't no bitch. Like, he he, get, he uh, is not afraid to give it to Lestat. And, you know, he certainly, uh, like, he doesn't make it seem like it's a, a one-way street when it comes to that type of thing. You know, he can give tit for tat. And I think that this is it. He pretty much uh seeks that opportunity when he gets it to do exactly what he wants to get exactly the reaction he kind of expected to get uh and that is a certain manipulation as well so there's there's a and there is a lot in this episode that points more to louis flaws that doesn't make it out to seem as if oh you know lestat just kept browbeating him into this existence but he has his own demons his own trauma that comes with him being a vampire and the difference truly is is that Lestat has had how many fucking thousands of years centuries to deal with this not to mention he himself keeps his own cards very close when it comes to his own emotional baggage or or really because I think that in a lot of ways Lestat is still a stranger to him because he doesn't know his complete history we're not aware of his complete history if you're not a book reader <laughs> that is and so how do you truly know someone if you don't even know where they come from and i think that's the benefit that lestat has with louis and louis always feels like he is that he's the under one he's the one that's trying to to be on equal footing with him and he's not 
and he's not allowed to be because of his race. And then you have the, the racial racial aspect of it um, in the real world, the life he's trying to hold on to. Communication improved between the two of them. Ordinance 4118 hastily composed is an attempt to segregate Storyville by making black and brown. They say colored and black, but it's pretty much anyone who's got a drop in their blood moved to a less attractive real estate property for their business. But the interracial context was the heart of his business and what brought people to that location and there's something that you said about that as well. It's like, you know, you're trying to segregate us, but they're actually, you know, we can be in business and, you know, fornicate and do whatever and still all be profitable. The only difference is, is that the most profitable at the top is a black man and not a white one. Sadly, the same best clientele of his were the very ones behind it to keep the black man from getting or the Creole man from getting too far ahead of his white counterparts. It's sad this is still happening in the South today in particular as laws are being changed to favor um, Caucasians. And that's just simply how it's been. I mean, that how that's exactly how they kept the black vote out. It's like, oh, okay. Once the slaves were free, all they did was put laws in place to make sure that you were still stuck in slavery. Oh, you may have had the illusion of freedom. Hell, you might even have the the ability to go from point A to point B, but don't be- think that you're going to have power. You're going to have influence. You're going to have a place that's even close to being on the same scale as your white counterparts. And it's sad that that's the result of how much one fears or hoardily greeds the idea of power, like it only can belong in the white hand. And that's because the the fear is, is that they're going to, we're going to treat them like they treated us. And that that's a self guilt thing. That's, that's a fucking weird self-fulfilling prophecy. You think one is to happen and you think by making it harder, cause that, so, you know, you're not going to change fucking the, 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 the racial demographic in a hundred thousand years. You're just not. People are not going to be, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some, but it's going to not be the majority population in the world. So I think trying to hold on to that idea that's almost inevitable is just, it's, it, it you are yourself <laughs> making that stuff fulfilling prophecy instead of doing what needs to be done and and it just being the right thing people earn what they deserve to get earned and i know the system's fucked and i know it people are greedy and it's corruption and so on and so forth but shit everyone should be (laughs) i think uh in another show southland i was watching she's like yeah but they should be afforded the same bullshit as everyone else Bricks got herself a law degree and handles Louis' coin now as they all play cards in the back room. Mr. Anderson seems impressed with Louis' ingenuity for capitalism, even though Mr. Shitbox, Mr. Fennec, intends to counter with yet another ordinance, still feeling like it's a, uh, from Louis' perspective, he feels like, oh, everyone else is not getting attacked, it's just me. And I think it's a boot on my neck for not taking the 15% that you had to offer for Azalea's. And because I'm no longer, well, he actually admitted it. 
He said, well, I admit I miss the days when you let us win and that you were different. That's got to be racist. We see a young soldier coming to town. His name is Jonah. He uh, went to visit his sister and found out where he was. His sister, who still has those twins and that other kid that he almost ate. Since Louis is occupied and Jonah and him fooled around his kids, he takes him out to a quiet spot in his vehicle. As they walk through the woods, Jonah is afraid to go to war, but believes he and his unit would be doing more supply uh, and, you know, all the menial stuff in the rear. I'm not sure that's accurate. I'm pretty sure (laughs) many blacks were put in the front lines to take the bullets, but I could be mistaken. I'm not going to pretend I know all of my, um, all of my history about World War One. But he says it is better than taking a bullet for a country that makes you use the side entrance. Jonah says he joined at the chance at the European sensibilities idea, which is basically not judging by appearance or who the fuck you want to fuck. So the two rekindle their relationship. Louis needing to drink his own blood to stop him from killing Jonah or just to feel the exact same because their hearts were one or some shit like that. He comes home. He can't look Lestat in the eye. (laughs) You know, because he's like, look, we have an open arrangement. We have this. But he's also very defensive. Like, oh, where'd you go? Uh, You know, just with an old friend. You were busy. You know, what about it? Turns out that Jonah was 16 when he and uh, Louis were fooling around. So another kind of, uh, if one wants to be inclined, because I feel like 16 back then wasn't the same. 16 in 1917 wasn't the same as 16 in maybe uh, 1980, uh, even 1960, because, uh, yeah, I even think up to the 70s, it's sad to say it, like, shit, those men went to, those boys went to war. I don't think I can call him a boy. <laughs> But uh, one could say, like, Louis, what you doing going after a little boy? Because <laughs> he only says he was much older. And we know he was fucking 28 walking around the, when he was first turned. So, shit, how much older? Lestat says he's done with Antoinette and wants to go on a date with Louis, but pauses when Louis plans to go see his sister and the twins. Oh, Lord. Again, a fucking game. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit, same old fucking sh- And you can see that lack of acceptance that Louis is now his family irks him. But he's managing once again to quietly let that just go. Louis spots the mud on the boots as he locks them in for the night. He does say these affairs always flame out. So... That is apparently what also happened with Jonah because he didn't see him again, according to Louis in the future, until one other time where he pretty much called him a ghost like everyone else does. When they see him, Louis shows up at his family home 
home he owns ain't that right his hateful mama is still alive but she knows that her but i think that her she turned on her son long before she figured out or even considered what he might be she despised what he was already for being gay for then also now as she feels is the devil (laughs) i uh I think that she wouldn't be totally wholly off on the fact that her son is not her son anymore, but it doesn't excuse the fact that she is just so she was before that she was hateful. Um, but that, that does throw me every time where people like, I've been paying your fucking light bills. You ain't done shit. The, the least you could do is not talk shit when I show up to the house that I own. I don't need an invitation. But at the same time, yeah, you can't show up at fucking midnight. <laughs> Even though he, she said it was like 6, 6, 6 p.m. 6 or 7. After the kids party time, I want to give them some paper dolls. Nah, bruh, you just put them paper dolls on the, on the thing. What did she say? It was like six months since he last showed up. You can't dip in and out of people's lives like that because even for Grace, who loves him dearly, that emotional, that emotional ping ponging, that's not, that's not the best thing for her. And then when he kicks down the door with a natural strength, uh, he's like, your son, that's not your son. I'm your son. I'm like, you know what that meant. You was picking a fight before the fight even happened. And Grace does not want to see him. She tells him to get the hell on out. And I think that he is so angry that the start is right that he, instead of acknowledging, hey, I probably should have let them go a long time ago because I'm causing nothing but truly emotional pain for myself and them, that instead he kind of takes it out on him more so, especially when he comes home to a whole bunch of fucking soldiers in his house. I did laugh when he says, you can fuck them and I can eat them. Because <laughs> uh, they're not very bright to even understand that their demise is in order. The Azela also got the electricity turned off due to a temporary closure ordinance. And this is why you shouldn't be telling the people that you are counter moving your counter moves because he was a little arrogant but the whole arrogance is it's almost like you can be arrogant for accomplishing nothing yet i can't be arrogant for accomplishing all of my shit okay so i'm a little arrogant even if i am and and what does that make me a a terrible human being no and i don't even think he's that fucking arrogant i cannot tell you how many times confidence is mistaken for arrogance because i am capable then i must be arrogant those two things are not synonyms <laughs> he is not arrogant he simple is not simply is not humbling himself for you for no reason just because you're lighter than i am fuck you reeling from this double whammy uh Lestat says you know I can be a lot (laughs) he repeats the words that was said about him in the woods by Louis it's like he's a lot to handle which he is he's fucking a lot to handle 
But I think that's also why Louis loves him and is attracted to him because he's not like anyone else. And he blows up about the fact that he's jealous and that he fucked Antoinette because he didn't have feelings for her. But Louis could hear their hearts dancing and he was not down with that. But worse, he watched him chase the dog and some rats instead of being who he is, which he feels is it's a smack in the face of what he considers this great gift. Like you can go out and stand in and own your magnificence and smartly pretty much be the dominion over your world and it has nothing to do with these uh material things in it and yet here you are getting you know a, a, a head job from an old fling and chasing rats in this pathetic manner and it doesn't become who I see you as they then go meet with the investors uh anderson and and fenwick but they both contrived to fuck him over because he can read their minds and he can hear everything that fenwick's saying calling him a negro saying that he uh should have been and and this is the thing with fenwick he's trying to he's trying to crawl this fine line of oh it's just business it's you know i'm just one person out of 17 people on on the committee it's not my fault well one if you're gonna be a piece of shit own being a piece of shit it's one thing i can say about racists nowadays they don't fucking pretend they're not racist they own that shit stupid as they fucking are they will go out lose their damn jobs <laughs> all of that put it on social media they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck but the nefarious racism the one with power those are the ones you gotta worry about because i'm not worried about those other little fucking idiots other than at the polling station um the lack of deference is what really pisses shitbox off and he says look i'll buy back the azalea for you for 15 cents on the dollar which is the exact amount he turned him down for to run the place he tries to make his place azalea's blacks only (laughs) whites not allowed but is laughed at because instead of conceding or even more so giving into the fact that i don't even have to play these games i mean everything louis did in the second half is on louis you could try to put lestat in in the fault seat here but he really doesn't have the fault he allowed louis worse uh well he's trying to be in probably attached to the things in which he had before and he even says like you took my life from me i don't have a life and now the last fucking thing that i do have you're taking from me again and he's blaming lestat for that but it's like you said yes motherfucker (laughs) yes she was terrified yes it was under distress under duress but that is not the reasons why you stated you said yes and i believe a hundred percent that she was like, yeah, you saw me for the, who I was for the first time. That is why you leaned into that. And you are now punishing him and yourself a little bit by A, trying to go back on that that acceptance by holding on to your old life. But also, Lestat 
for your choice that makes you who you are right now which is someone you cannot go back to so you're in this conundrum and i i thought that was hurtful i mean the side is no saint but damn <laughs> like you took it from me and then you just go with me to this meeting and there is the the whole you know maybe your friend here will will bank you that she can't stand him either you know he's like this guy with this a uh, whole bunch of and that was definitely changed in the books right because Lestat came to to Louis because he was the man with the money but because that was just wouldn't even fly uh in this retelling it is much more uh accurate enviable uh, everyone knows about their relationship as Miss Brown pointed out you know everyone's not dumb <laughs> they they figured out what's happening in your house and so now that the the conservative turn has uh churned itself and it wants to come for louisiana which was one has to say very free until the american north or south ideas got a hold of it pretty much the minute it stopped becoming a louisiana colony things started just really going to shit and segregation became more of a thing and blacks lost a lot of powers in new orleans uh, in that whole area due to the crow laws and all that shit but uh there's only so much blatant disrespect and racism anyone can bear especially when it is so sneeringly in your face daniel's quote is conclusively nonchalant (laughs) uh take a black man in america make him a vampire fuck with that vampire and see what comes of it Making my way through the hood, sipping this yak. Niggas about to get blown with the Mac. Black egg, 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 egg. Oh, black egg, 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 egg. Riding around the block with a Glock. Yo ass finna get shot. I think there's only so much rage someone. And that's the thing that I always point out. Always, 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 always. Can you imagine what it feels like to be a black American? To have to swallow that and not be going around shooting up schools or bombing places. Like we're still just this forgiving, loving society that laughs at the horrible shit that sometimes comes down our pipeline. And still trying to lift motherfuckers up, including our black men that kind of gave the fuck up halfway through the journey. And now we just got to carry them on the black female's shoulders. (laughs) it's true it's true the statistics don't lie i mean that is so much to ask and i don't think any other race could possibly i mean look how it has happened (laughs) historically most people lose their fucking minds and start kamikaze in their whole entire fucking country and the enemy 
And yet we're still just trying to ask. He breaks into Fenwick's. Oh, I forgot to mention Rashid. When he was making their martinis, he was told to get the fuck out for lingering. No soup for you. It was another one of those moments in this episode where I just burst out laughing. Because <laughs> he said it. Another nonchalant. Rashid, you're lingering. Sorry, my lord. In the past, he breaks into Fenwick's. And the man, for some reason, thinks so low of Louis that a man who hasn't said a word but and casually got into your fucking house without you hearing a goddamn thing <laughs> should always be feared but he thinks so low of him he doesn't even think to be afraid until he stands the fuck up and he can't sit there and bluff anymore he lies about having a vendetta saying storyville is drowning and he's just the first casualty there may be something to that as well because there was a wave coming you could not avoid the wave however it's clear he picked him out uh i mean he he's pretty much behind the change or definitely supports it and even though he is the first casualty to the whole situation it's because he is a small man and you were flying too close to the sun keep talking you'll get a free ride in the ambulance when he was fucking him up i was cheering of course this is how we do But the best is when he shot him and he was like, oh, you can reload. I'll wait. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. But here goes his arrogance kind of showing. <laughs> if he wasn't before, this is arrogantly thinking because you are a vampire, you could take on the whole entire fucking racist community because you can't. And... This is where he really fucked up, in my opinion, because you could have just killed him. And it's possible that Louis would have been the first target, but they could have, he could have done it in a way where it could not have blown back on him, honestly. But that wasn't the point. He wanted to show off his power. He wanted to show off his defiance. And so he posted the man to town hall with a sign that said whites only. And while lestat is proud of him he's like eh, it's not the way i would have wanted it to go down at least you were able to uh to finally get back out there and get some human meat i'm not with you louis i love you i love you to death but you did it for your people <laughs> no you did not torture that man for your people you torture that man for you and he doesn't want to acknowledge this base part of his persona, the part that Lestat loves and wants to uh, tickle out into emergence. But he himself continues to be in denial about it. And he tries to put his actions in an altruistic manner. And I can't think that you thought that was going to end well. Or that this was actually going to help your people. And the fact that all of your people aren't suffering. And once again, you're talking about something that like, if you really want to help your people, become a fucking politician. <laughs> you know, come up with a plan. But that's not what he's trying to do. Or not, not what he's trying to do. It's not that he doesn't care. Because I believe he genuinely does. 
but he is he is he his two natures now they just simply don't they're always going to be in conflict with each other and i think that he needs to find a balance that he hasn't found yet as he says i was a child stumbling around he's bucking but then it Again, Lestat doesn't make it any easier because while he still feels awful for these things, <laughs> Lestat's like, we should make this our anniversary. Tyson! Louis is horrified by what he has set in motion. And Lestat's like, look, this is the nature of humans. Not what Lestat wants to hear. Especially when, cruelly, I think, he puts in his face, this is why you and I will never work and why you will always be alone. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Yeah, mind me. Yeah. Like Bill Burr said, you know, you get in an argument, they always go for that fucking low ass blow. <laughs> the females in the scenario and yes louis would be the female in the scenario but once again we see a demonstration of louis taking out all of his emotions and his disappointment and his anger on lestat he's putting him to blame for his life but it is a decision and i think that's what he means like in the past he was still in that mindset of oh it was this man he was not that good and you know he's a shit teacher and i just couldn't get away from my nature and i have nothing but the constructed version of the story i want to tell in the most negative light on the other party without acknowledging anything about myself let me tell my story in the truth that doesn't paint me in this uh, ethereal picture that you may have in your mind of who I am as a person. He ends up stumbling out into the night. One person like, how can I help you? You can't get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Cause they end up burning Storyville. He says he couldn't save his people. He couldn't save his town, but he could save her, his redemption he goes into a building and he finds a girl named Claudia and that's where the episode ends. Anyone who knows the book knows exactly or the movie where this is going. And I am so happy we are finally here. We're finally here with the Claudia of it all. I am very excited to see Miss Bailey. Uh, I know she's got a B and a B in her name. I'm going to get it. Hold on. Bailey Bass. Yeah, I'm interested to see what she has to offer. I don't think I'm hugely familiar with anything that she has done. I know she's in the new Avatar. I feel like I've seen her in something else. I don't, it's not coming to my mind right now, but maybe I'll look it up during the feedback section, which is a perfect segue for any lingering thoughts that I may have. So let's hop into the mailbag. Dina, it's Mimi. This is feedback for um, 
Interview with the Vampire Season 1, Episodes 2 and 3. Um, like I told you when you were recording for 2 that I just couldn't get through it. But actually, I watched the like the, I watched like the second half of episode two and then three all together. And I would say the last uh, probably like 25 minutes of the episode got really good. I just I tried watching it so many times and I kept falling asleep. I don't know what it is. And it's just, even when I used to read like vampire books, I don't know, like the when people first turn, I don't know why that stuff is so boring to me like them. It's like I guess it's kind of cliche just the lure, like them trying to get a hold of their like compulsion and them, you know, always like always being overwhelmed, like stimuli, uh, stimulus, like with the sensory from the hearing and then the visual, you know, always hearing heartbeats, you know, fighting the urge to attack someone. It's just, I don't know. It always bores me. And maybe because it's something that I've experienced or like read and you know seen in movies so many times it gets kind of repetitive and I and I'm just going to contribute to that but the last uh 20 minutes of it was really good and then episode uh three was really good now um I just want to say um I think it's pronounced Dulac um yeah I uh I I I don't go into (laughs) any of the like the fandoms anymore and you know why and just a side note this has nothing to do with interview with the vampire but I was um Darren who right now is obsessed with um Game of Thrones again and and I think it's because of uh the House of the Dragon but he's he introduced me to this uh Facebook group and it was like started by a black woman. So, you know, I was all, all about it and whatever. It's not supposed to be exclusively black people, but it was started by a black woman. So I figured it would be us in there. Um, which is funny that Darren is the one that introduced it to me. But anyway, someone brought up a, um, theory about Tyrion, 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 I think is how you say it and his heritage. And I was like, Oh snap, you know, I'm not a book reader. That sounds interesting. Do you guys mind just, you know, telling me what makes him think that, uh, theory. And the girl was like, you know, there's a whole thread on Reddit. And I was like, look, I don't go on Reddit for reasons. And it just made me laugh. Like if you're going to make me look that up, I don't even need to know it ain't even that serious, but she ended up telling me, which was cool. But, um, I'm not, I'm not about to jump into the, anybody's like, fandom I'm not about to look anything up so I I'm just curious and I'll just stay curious about you know what people think of Dulac like he seems just like you know I know the writer I for the life of me I can't remember his name but you know he's like saying like he like thinks of you as a toy like I I got that vibe from the beginning like I think you know he's so used to getting his way he's so used to people you know just you know, falling at his will, like his uh, will, you know, not only is he a very rich man, um, he's attractive, he's white. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if, you know, people have an accent back then made a difference, but it's just everything about him is the epitome of white privilege. So I feel like the fact that um, there's someone who actually fights against him, who doesn't believe everything he says or doesn't let him get away with shit intrigues him and I think that's probably what he sees in him and why he wanted to turn him um now I get the sense of you know you not being around your family until you can control your thirst love your bloodlust I understand that eventually at some point he's gonna have to 
lose contact with Grace. Like maybe not necessarily her kids, but maybe he can like, you know, send them letters and stuff like that, you know, but he can't be, you know, in, in 30 years when everybody's old, he looks the same. That's going to be a problem. So I get at some point he's going to have to like cut off contact, but it seems as though he wanted him to cut off contact immediately. Like even at the funeral, like you don't need these people. And to me, when someone tries to pull you away from your family, even though that's not what you want and your family is for the most part is not bad. Um, it's a, that's a red flag for me. You know, isolating someone like you're isolated and it seems like, you know, you want to be like that. You're lonely. Your family wasn't great. You seem to, you know, be content with not being around them. Yes, you're a vampire in the decade. You said the loneliness stretched out for decades, but that doesn't entitle you to someone else's life when he's ready to cut ties. That that's what it should be. But it seems as though he wants him to do it immediately. Like you don't need them. You have me. And I can fuck whoever I want. And, you know, I like variety. But I'm going to follow you and be a fucking creeper when you do it. And it annoys people like that fucking irritate the shit out of me. Like, if you want freedom, it goes both ways. You don't get to tell me who I can sleep with and you and I don't have the right to do that to you. And it's just so many red flags. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the future with this show. I don't know what they plan on doing. But so far, I cannot stand Dulac. And he gets on my nerve. Um, he just seems like an abusive boyfriend who's taking advantage of the situation. And, um, oh, my God, why am I blanking on the main character's name? I don't even feel like looking it up. But he, you know, when he said he was your murder, he was my murderer my mentor, my lover, my savior, like all those things. Like, I feel like when you have to start out with someone being your murderer, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not always a good, like, that's pretty, pretty bad. And, you know, all these contradicting titles to me is a red flag. And, and I don't know if, you know, you know, they say, you know, you come with time comes clarity. So maybe, you know, we'll see a better part of him later on. Maybe he'll become a better person. Um, I was actually looking forward to if we were going to ever get Kirsten Dunst's character. When I was saying that I, you know, I saw pictures that I was kind of spoiled, I saw there was a little black girl playing it. But like, am I like, are, are we supposed to assume that this is like a daughterish relationship? Because she it looks like she was in a prostitute house. Um, so is that going to be his like, redemption like raising her as their own like turning her into a vampire seems like a really bad idea she doesn't look as young as Kirsten Dunst's character was supposed to be um but she does look like she's at least a teenager and and one thing I do know is like adolescence and this is just with all of my education they have impulse control and being a vampire with impulse control is gonna be a fucking terrible 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 scenario and um it just seems like him turning her into a vampire he probably did it to save her life because she was going to die otherwise it's going to have some consequences um not all children are like <laughs> you know little pompous assholes but for the most part just their brain isn't developed yet and they have a problem controlling themselves now she could be one of those rare kids that came out of the womb like a grown-ass person who just seemed like they were an old old ass lady <laughs> their entire life or she could be like the majority of children and be a pompous asshole 
and thinks she knows everything and does whatever she wants and can't control her temper and whenever she feels like eating she just eats I for one am expecting her to be the latter and that's kind of going to be kind of entertaining so I'm kind of rooting for that but I just when um the main character I'm gonna write his name down next time so I'm gonna do better in in episode four (laughs) but when he changed that sign to colors only I was like dude, what the fuck do you think this is going to accomplish? Like, I understand, like, he's angry. And we all know how how racism works. We all know it's rooted, like, it's a system race, systematic racism is what kept black people from owning shit. And even when they owned shit, they had to get around stuff and, you know, manipulate the law or, you know, figure out a way to still thrive, even though they were being, um, you know, targeted and undermined. So I get him being angry. Like that shit makes sense. Like you're doing better than them. You're making more money than them. So they need to, they need to put an end to it. We know, we knew that dude was racist. We knew he thought, he thought you had some audacity. Um, none of that is new. Um, what's surprising to me is he didn't have shit in place. Like he wasn't thinking that this was like, you can read these motherfuckers mind and you play games with them and you, when they put the whites only like labels up, you should have had some type of plan. And I know the guy was giving him a warning and being really, like, dickish about it. He probably wasn't paying attention. But I feel like for him to have been a businessman in that time, he should have known better. Um, but for him, the way he, he decided to, like, you are hard to kill. Everybody else isn't. What did you think was going to happen? You murdering that white man like that and making such a display. Dulac was right about what he said. You were angry and you, you were trying and you probably took pleasure in it. Probably it made you feel powerful for a moment, but you did all of that. All you fucking destroyed that town. It got set on fire. People murdered people ran from their homes and that's literally on you. So I hope you do better than just saving this little girl because you, you have a lot of, um, a lot to make up for. Um, I, like I said, I really enjoyed these last two episodes. I'm looking forward to what's going on. Um, and I'm glad he didn't fucking murder his nephew, um, or even like bite him. Cause that would have really been hard to come back from. Um, so I am going to end it here until next time. Love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch. Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. I would say that two was a little less adventurous than three. Uh, I haven't been in any groups or fandoms or chats. I haven't even listened to a podcast other than the one in which I am recording on this show. Uh, There are a few on deck for afterwards uh, because I don't want to start addressing their criticisms in my podcast, which is something I have a tendency to do. So uh, instead of not getting those conflates, and I know that's really hard when I really want to get into a podcast on a show (laughs) after I'm done recording, But in this case, I have not even other than one or two interviews before the season started. I know more. So I'm going to keep mum about Claudia. (laughs) But I will say. Is Louis actions here still self-motivated? Because he says, I'm looking for redemption. Hopefully I can save the soul and redeem them or get redemption through them. But if you yourself are struggling with the concept of being a vampire, why would you put that existence on someone else? And could a 
child of whatever age he will end up being truly accept the decision in which you are being offered if you have to say yes to the gift so i have feelings about louis like i said this episode made it very clear that for much as i do agree lestat is certainly the abuser archetype there are that doesn't negate there are a lot of genuine things about lestat i think the the showing the piano playing that the fact that he actually learned how to do that uh for him the fact that he is constantly looking out for him even this tedious idea you have to think it is very even more so tedious granted he thinks at the end of the journey he's going to get exactly what he wants i think he tried in the first two episodes certainly first five years of their relationship to to manipulate things in his favor certainly had a lot more control when he before he turned but now that he doesn't he's unable to look into louise's mind it is about presenting himself as the man uh for louis not only the teacher but the man as well and you can see that it's not the abuser archetype really that's in between them right now it's their personal philosophy but on the other hand i i cannot negate once again that lestat certainly the way in which we've seen him implode I personally don't feel like Louis is in a relationship in which if shit goes down as much as he can dish it out, he's going to be able to really dish it out in a way that that is any I mean, look at how powerful he is with his mind. He was able to get 13, 14 men out of his house. And even though it did cause him, you know, you saw the bloodshot eyes and, and the bleeding there is a certain i think that rolling over so to speak that lestat is trying because he does actually care about louis and it is a little counter to his actual nature that i think is truly exactly there but that doesn't mean that once someone is something i don't want to get too much into it because i know a lot again i know a lot more but from what we have seen thus far uh from the character it is a component but it's not the entire story it's very much the same that i'm beginning to see in louis like there are a lot of things about him that are really great but there are also a lot of things that are questionable on the the scale of acceptability (laughs) and you know his own ego because it certainly was there's no debate in my mind this was everything about to do with him and his personal describe mean, he had other businesses he had other money everyone is successful he gave people partial uh points in the company he's not listening to what other people are saying he stubbornly wants to be the man on top and now that he feels he has the power coursing through his veins he's not really thinking about the actions and that's exactly what louis like yeah that's that's this life and he's like no i don't want to be like that and it's good that he wants to hold on to his humanity versus lestat who has tossed it aside quite a while ago but it's not without merit we just haven't explored why louis is so against or so disenchanted with humanity and all it has to offer other than the things like music 
that he is because even though he says he's not he still has his musical love even though he can enjoy different women with their talents uh the whole you can have someone but i can't the creeping on it uh yeah that component definitely i mean he didn't kill the man so that's more restraint than i thought he was gonna show (laughs) for poor jonah so maybe that's why i'm giving him more credit than should be due but i certainly feel that in a way louis was totally pulling for that he's like yeah even when he looked over like you don't need to fucking look up as you're trying to contemplate whether or not you want to go take a ride with this man and look at your boyfriend like look what i'm doing look what i'm doing you're pretty much inviting him to come see because you want to make him jealous so yeah he is a creeper but at the same time louis not creeped out by that factor that's kind of it that makes him feel better and lastly i think that i agree pulling anyone away from their family is not good but if you're pulling them away because you're like look i've been down this road i know and i think that's part of what lestat made why he might have put on the brakes a little bit uh it's due to the fact that you know i've had centuries to process this he's mad maybe seven years he's and he hasn't even understood fully what he's lost and that is a loss and i think that he is impatient for him to get where he already is but he does at least ponder enough to realize maybe he does need that room but uh right now you know louis kind of bristling <laughs> he's bristling he's dis- he's getting disenchanted you know he warned him about his family you you can't explain yourself to them you're not going to be able to explain yourself to them your existence once you chose that gift you chose in a sense to let go of all those things that were before and and the more you continue on like i said the more pain you're causing not just to them but to yourself but that's uh all the thoughts i have for, for right now i'm sure we will have much more to discuss in the following episodes once again if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com until next time Peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.